what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome back to My Dad Watches The Bachelor. I'm Meredith, and I'm here with my co-host, my dad. Good morning, Meredith. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. So before we dive into this week's episode, we have some housekeeping that we need to discuss. So last week when we recorded our podcast, about like an hour after we finished, breaking news came out of Bachelor Nation that Chris Harrison is officially out. I, I think you sent me something about that, and I, I think that it said that he got an eight-figure deal or payoff, or I'm not sure what the proper definition is, but he won't be dealing any dirt on the franchise. Yes, he got a mid-range eight-figure payoff to leave the franchise and keep his mouth shut about their dirty little secrets which I think is unfortunate because I think I would have really enjoyed a Chris Harrison tell-all book about all of the terrible things that happen behind the scenes of this show. Because I'm sure there are a lot of dead bodies that are hidden back there. A lot of dead bodies. Well, just uh, for the record, I would accept a seven-figure payout to to leave my job and not uh, talk about it. I don't know about you, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more flexible than Chris. Uh, are you talking your job or the podcast? Yeah, you know, the, I, I, I would never leave the podcast. You know, <laughs> I, I, I cherish the time that we have together despite the topic. Okay. Well, good to know that you're never going to leave us or air our dirty laundry. Yeah, let's definitely not air the dirty laundry on the podcast. We'll <laughs> save that for, for holiday dinners. <laughs> All right. Some more housekeeping before we get started. New co-hosts of Bachelor in Paradise have been announced, and it seems like this show is just going to get more and more ridiculous. Like, this season is going to be nuts. I don't really understand this co-hosting gig that's going on, but they announced that we will have four different celebrity guest co-hosts, including Titus Burgess, who I know from Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Not familiar with him. We have Lance Bass of NSYNC, also of The Circle Season 2, if anyone watched that. Which which I'd heard of him, and and I saw his picture, and he seemed like a very handsome person, and then you told me that, that uh, he's gay. Yes, he is gay. And then we have David Spade, which I believe we already discussed, you know, known for his award-winning films, Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2. Which, which I, I sort of assume that he will be hitting on the girls on, on Bachelor in Paradise. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of assuming that's going to happen. Possibly. And then we have the rapper, Lil Jon. So I don't even know what to think of all of this. It doesn't seem... I, I think Paradise, you know, we don't really need all of these celebrities. We want to see some of our favorite people from the past seasons go down to Mexico, get a little drunk, find a little love. We we don't need all of these people. This is just, it's too much. 
Well, I, you know, the, the infrequent times that I've tuned into that show, uh, it seems like just uh, a chaotic, incoherent mess. So this just contributes, takes it further down that road of, of, of chaos. Um, I, unless you're visiting, I don't think I'll be watching that. Well, I will definitely be watching, so I'll keep you posted on on my thoughts on this whole celebrity co-host ordeal. Ordeal sounds like the right word. All right. We ready to get into the episode? Let's do it. All right. So, highs. I, we're, I'm going to dive into this um, sex-positive group date that we had, and I quite enjoyed Connor B's song. I thought it, you know, I'm used to, I know you didn't really watch Hannah B's season, but her winner, Jed, also came from Nashville, was also an aspiring singer and would play his guitar and sing all the time. And it was pretty cringy. But Connor's song was pretty good. It was clever. And he didn't sound too bad. So I, I enjoyed it. I put that down as a highlight as well. You know, the, the, the fact that he can play the guitar, apparently he can play the piano, guy wears a cat suit. Is there anything he can't do? So I don't know if we call him the sex song guy or the cat suit guy, but he's very creative. And I, I like Connor and we both have him in the final four. So go Connor. Go Connor. I also um, enjoyed James's performance. Um, he did his dick in a box, which is a great throwback to the SNL skit. You know, I, I love a good Andy Samberg, Justin Timberlake reference. Uh, Okay. But I think that when they actually ran that, they bleeped it. So, you know, watch, you know, watch, you're going to make our producer's job more difficult if you're not careful. Um, it was also amusing because he spent his whole first night in a box and now he's back in a box. You know what? I didn't I didn't recognize that who was doing that until you just said it. That makes it a little bit more clever. So so I didn't have it as a highlight, but that does make me smile. So that's good. And then my last high was Mike's performance. You know, when he told Katie that he was saving himself for marriage, I was very I was hiding behind my fingers like, oh, no, this is going to be terrible. Just I had my cringe ready, and I think he actually handled it as well as he could have, and it went as best it could have. It was really sweet and sentimental, and Katie seemed to like it. She teared up. I think it was just best-case scenario all around for the situation, and I was expecting a train wreck, so I was glad that it went well. Yeah, and and I also had that as a highlight. When, when they were interviewing Mike the Virgin – Prior to him sitting down with Katie and participating in this group date, which was tell me why you're the greatest lover of all time, or I think that was the the date. And they were interviewing poor Mike and, and he was teary and sweating and trying to figure out what to do because he is, an, he is a virgin. And this was probably not the best date for him to be on. But so so initially when I was taking notes, I had that in a low light because it was just so awkward watching him squirm, trying to figure out how to handle this. And then the way he handled it was uh, was outstanding. And he left the night with the, the trophy of the greatest lover. 
Didn't didn't leave the night with a rose, however. Mm-hmm. I. I also had it as a low, the Mike crying during his interview part. It made me really uncomfortable. And it's just, it seemed, it seemed too early to be crying about your virginity. You know, we're not even close to the fantasy suite dates yet. And, and I, I just felt so uncomfortable. And the producers really did him dirty because they knew he was a virgin and they could have put, they, they could have put him on the mud wrestling date, but they decided, no, no. We need some good TV. Mike, let's talk about your sexual history. Surprising that they did it, that they did it so quickly. But uh, again, uh, he handled it as well as one could handle it. So kudos to Mike. Yeah, kudos to Mike. Do you have any other highs? A couple things, a couple other notes I made as a high. Number one, I did enjoy Greg's camping skills because they reminded me of mine. He has none. So the fact that he seemed so incompetent at camping uh, made me made me a little bit happy because uh, you know he you know my idea of camping is the Holiday Inn. I, I think his is in the same boat there. So I, I put that as a high, not not because he did anything outstanding, just because he seemed so bad at it. And then the other thing that made me smile was just being reminded uh, as he was leaving that Cody is a zipper sales manager. You know, and, and I thought that made me laugh too, the, a zipper sales manager. Um, and I'm sure there's some great zipper sales managers, probably many that listen to our podcast, but uh, uh, that just made me chuckle. Okay. I, so this is going to be controversial. I think everyone knows that I love Greg and this, this is, my thought process as the one-on-one date was occurring. I started it out as a low because it had nothing to do with Greg's one-on-one. It had everything to do with the camping aspect of the one-on-one. I think, you know, Greg has so much potential and for it to be like, oh, let's go play around in the dirt and like make a, make a poop bucket and pitch a tent. Like, Greg could be doing any other one-on-one date and it would just be amazing, magical out of a fairy tale. And instead, Katie's making him make a hole in a bucket in case they have to poop. And it just I just didn't really like it. You know, you, you're not much of a camper, so uh, we didn't do much camping as a family. It's not really my speed. And, and Katie started crying because her dad passed away and this was something that she used to do with her dad. And it seemed like Greg just wasn't capable of that like emotional capacity to handle that, which we find out later is because his own dad passed away. But at first, the first part of the date, it just seemed like he was kind of shutting down and was like, I don't want to deal with this. And it just wasn't what I dreamed of for my first Greg one-on-one that first half of the date. Well, I know that you're emotionally attached now to Greg, so so you know your your judgment could be clouded uh, because of of your your personal issues there. Um, I, I also, but I, I will agree with you that initially, I I thought that perhaps it was a lost opportunity for Greg, and that he he seemed to be failing the comforting the the girl moment when Katie was getting very upset. So, so initially I thought, well, you're not, you're not doing as well as you could here. 
And then when we find out later, when you know, this is because Katie is explaining that her father, who passed away when she was young, used to take her camping and fishing, and she was getting very emotional about it. And and uh, Greg didn't seem up to the task. But then at dinner later, he shares that his father passed away, and um, you know, that was a, it was a very emotional scene. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not ready to get into the dinner date portion. I I like to discuss that later. But the, okay. those are my thoughts on the the camping portion. Are are you qualifying that as a low light or a highlight or just uh, your observations? I put it as a low because of like the camping and it just it didn't feel like a great date from the camping aspect of it, but I do think it ends up being a high for the date overall with the dinner portion. Well, I had a few lows to share. Okay, hit me with them. So, so, so just big picture, the two group dates, the explain why you're the greatest lover in the universe and mud wrestling, which was some something that seemed to come out of the movie Gladiators or something, or neither of those group dates to me felt particularly appropriate or fun, but a couple of specifics. Number one, the guy that was doing the sex with puppets, not sure which guy that was, but uh, to to show uh, how wonderful a lover he would be. When I think he first gave Katie the safe word peaches and then proceeded to do things that they couldn't show on TV with puppets, that, that didn't seem cool to me. To me, that was a low. Um, I, to me, and maybe this is my dadness coming out, when Katie was alone with, I think it was Thomas, I thought he was getting a bit handsy with, uh, you know, for for the first kissing and uh, grabbed her, uh, grabbed her butt, pulled her onto his lap, and he seemed to be a little too handsy for me. But of course, he ended up getting the rose. So So maybe I'm totally off base there. Well, it seemed like Thomas knew what he was doing, and Katie had just been making out with Connor B., who looked like he had no idea what he was doing. He looked like he was about to squeeze her head off during that makeout session. And then we see Thomas pulling Katie onto his lap, and it's like, Thomas needs to give Connor B. a few lessons on on how to, to kiss a woman. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. I I didn't want to get into the the kissing stylistic discussion, uh, but I did notice that Connor seemed more awkward there. Yeah, and he had, he wanted to redo his first kiss because he didn't have the cat suit on, and I don't think that it went that much better. I think it went worse, but uh, <laughs> so other lows. Yeah, you know, I mentioned the whole mud wrestling. I, I I just don't like these events where they're requiring either men or women to start fighting each other. I don't know. I'm I'm not a boxing fan. I'm not a wrestling fan. I. I just don't like that. It makes me a little uncomfortable. And the fact that they put the football player, Andrew, up against the recruiter just seemed very, very unfair. The, the football player, Andrew, was mauling him. I'll, I'll, but those were my lows. 
Well, I I don't particularly enjoy the fighting dates either, but I think I would even more so hate the mud aspect of the fighting. It just that would just be disgusting. You got mud all over you. I bet all those boys smelled disgusting. It's not a great first impression date for these guys. And also, I don't know if you got this feeling too, but it seemed like the mud wrestling date was definitely the B team of men. I didn't know who half of them were. I didn't care who most of them were. Katie didn't seem that interested in most of them either. It's like Greg and the sex date, A team. B team was wrestling date for sure. I, I'm I'm not at a point where I can tell most of these guys apart at this point, so I I can't tell you who's the A team, who's the B team. I I know now who Connor is. I know who Greg is. I guess I know now who Aaron is because of uh, the big flare up with uh, Cody that started uh, with the mud wrestling. It didn't start there, but but became evident there. And I guess I'm familiar with Thomas. And at some point, we'll talk about Carl. I'm sure. Oh, yes. So let's get into the right reason. I'm giving the right reason to Katie. I think that she did a good job when there was the Cody and Aaron feud of not really getting to the bottom of it, but being like, I can, I know there's an issue here. Like, tell me what's going on. And then talking to both men about it, realizing she has no potential future with one of them and just sending him on his way. So this doesn't have to be a storyline that plays out for the next two or three weeks. I appreciated that. I I, I did too. And I thought the fact that Cody seems so, uh, he didn't particularly seem to be bothered by the fact that he was being sent home or at least outwardly didn't show any emotion at all struck me as, she, she made the right decision. She made the right choice. Uh, you know, this guy's not going to fight for it. When she confronted him uh, with information she'd got from Aaron, which I wasn't totally comfortable with the way the whole thing played out. You know, Aaron was a little narky about the whole thing, but uh, he was stuttering and stammering and didn't really seem to have a good defense. So, you know, who knows what the right answer is, but – I, I tend to think she she made a good decision there. Well, I don't, I don't think Aaron has a chance of going too far. I think that he's pretty thoroughly friend-zoned himself at this point. Uh, actually not friend-zoned. I think that he has become the narc of the season, and Katie knows that he's the narc now because later at the cocktail party when Carl, which I'm sure we'll get into, tells Katie that – some of the guys might not be there for the right reasons. She immediately pulls Aaron and is like, what information do you have? Like, what do you know? Cause she knows that Aaron will narc on the guys now that he's already done it once, which I thought was pretty amusing. But I feel like in past seasons, once you rat someone out, you're not going to go too far. I'll, I'll, I'll trust you on that. I don't, I'm not a big uh, pro narc guy. Um, I guess Katie, so, Katie is pro-narc, though, because she was the narc of Matt James's season. Okay. So maybe, maybe it will work out for Aaron. Well, I think Katie's a fine right reason for – I put down for my right reason was Greg, that he was able to share his story about his, his father. took him a while, um, but, but it was something that was very obviously 
difficult for him to talk about. He seems to be a shy person in general. So his ability to share that at dinner uh, was, I, I thought, very sensitive, showed himself to be very vulnerable. It might have gotten a little dusty at my house. You know, might have. Uh, so so uh, Greg was my right reason. I think that's a fantastic right reason. Now, going into the wrong reason, I feel like we're both going to have Carl. He sucks. And he, throughout the episode, even at the beginning, before he started to suck a lot, he was approaching this as a competition, as a game, saying, like, this is the Hunger Games, got to get the rose, you know, I'm going to win, get your game face on, things like that. Which I would, he is a motivational speaker. And I am concerned for anyone that he has tried to motivate. I do, I just do not see that being a great career choice for this man. Well, I, I, I did also put Carl down as, as the wrong reason. And, and he, he seems to be a big talker. Talks, as you said, about competition, Hunger Games. He was talking about, I got to close the deal. Um, you, you don't get the sense that uh, he's as into Katie as he is into winning. And then at the end of the show, when he goes and talks with Katie and really creates all sorts of drama in the house by saying, there's some people that probably aren't here for you. Well, number one, I suspect, I, I think it's safe for either of you or I to say at the beginning of this program, there are probably some people in this show that are not there for the right reasons. I don't, I don't think we're breaking any news right there, you know? So, you know, unless you uh, are, have some specifics to discuss, you really shouldn't be bringing that up or you're really the troublemaker. So, so Carl, definitely we, we, we whiffed on who's going to be the villain because uh, Carl is now technically the villain. Yeah, he, you know, just going up to Katie and being like, I'm not 100% sure that everyone's here for the 100% right reasons. Like, can we get more vague than that? And then when he fesses up to the guys saying, yeah, it was me. Like I said that everyone's probably not here for the right reasons. And the guys are like, well, who are you talking about? Like, give us names. And Carl's like, no, no, I'm not going to like call anyone out in front of the group like that. Like, you know who you are. He's just talking out of his butt at this point, being like, is anyone going to feel guilty enough to maybe fess up and make me look like I didn't just make all of this up? Well, and, and, and he was also a little uh, tricky in the way he, he discussed it. And when he was talking to the guys, he said, well, Katie asked me this question and I just answered. Katie didn't ask that question. He basically volunteered it and said, there are people that are, are here for the wrong reason and, and made her go crazy at the end. Yeah, I do think that Katie needs to get a bit tougher skin. I think she cried a bit too much for episode two. Um, you don't, she, you know, you're not really that invested in any of these guys, and she, I'm, I'm concerned if we're crying this much, episode two, what episode ten is going to look like? It's going to be a train wreck. Well, uh, I, we, we can both agree on Carl. The only other, uh, the other wrong reason that I put down was bachelorette camping in that they play this game of, you know, let's make a toilet, let's put up a tent, let's do all the camping. We're really not going to do anything there. We're going to the restaurant to, 
to not eat, just drink and talk. So uh, bachelorette camping, I thought, was also my wrong reason. Maybe, maybe. it's, again, my, my aversion to camping. Maybe they'll keep the tent up and that will be Greg's fantasy suite date location. I guess it beats Jeff's Winnebago. I'm not sure. (laughs) Okay, so my MVP of the episode is Greg. And it's because of his his dinner portion of the one-on-one date when he opens up to Katie about how his dad passed away two years ago and like how he's spent a lot of time with his mom and how it's been so hard on his family. And Greg started crying and Katie started crying and I started crying. And Greg is just such a pure soul and a very great guy. And I, I would not be mad if Katie pulled a Claire Crawley and had Greg propose to her next episode. And we brought in a new bachelorette. Because I, I think this is game over. Like, how does Greg not win at this point? Well, it's a, it's a long season here, Meredith. Come on. Uh, a lot of things can happen. And, you know, for all we know, Carl's got the goods on Greg. And Greg's not here for the right reason. Who knows? If if Carl had tried to call Greg out, Kitty would have immediately said, get your ass on in the bus, in the car, you're heading out. I don't care if Greg's here for the wrong reasons. I'm picking him. And I... It's just so weird to me because Greg got the first impression rose. And usually if someone gets the first impression rose, they don't even get a date the first week because you know that they're like, you've got a connection there. Try and meet your other guys. And then she gives Greg the one-on-one. Like She's obviously super into him. And I think that the the dead dad shared trauma is going to pull them even further together. Certainly very possible. Um, I guess I guess we'll see. And, and for for the uh, for our listeners that only get their updates on the show from us and don't watch it, we we did not have a rose ceremony last night. The the uh, uh, the show ended with Katie crying and trying to figure out how to deal with this information from evil Carl. And uh, I guess we'll start the next show with the rose ceremony. Unfortunately, it looks like from the the previews that Carl's going to be around for at least a while. Uh, he's he seems to figure pretty prominently in the in the uh, previews. So I don't get the sense he's going to be off right away. Although someone probably should come to her and say, "Look, there's really not a lot of uh, problems in the house. There's just a problem with Carl here." But it doesn't seem like it's going to work out that way. Yeah, I think that if the producers let Katie send. Cody home and get rid of the Cody Aaron drama. They're going to make sure that Carl sticks around for a little bit, but we do still have our buddy Blake from Clarentasia season that has to show up. So that's got to happen at some point and that'll bring more drama between the men as well. I'd forgotten about that. You're right. You're right. All right. Do you have some fatherly advice to wrap us up? So a couple of things I took away from the episode after um, uh, Katie was very upset and said that she needed a minute and left, I think this was after the Aaron Cody drama, I think, before the Carl drama, uh, she was by herself and upset. And Andrew, the football player, took time to go comfort her, which you would have thought someone would have done that. He was the one that that did. And I just 
I said, hey, we, we need to have each other's backs. It's, t- it's tough out there. It's okay to go comfort a friend, go comfort your friends, whether they're your boyfriends, girlfriends, or just your friends. So that's one piece of advice. Another piece of advice comes from the snake, Carl, when he was talking to Katie about the, the problems in the house and people not being there for the right reason, he said, you can trust me. So as a father to my daughter, don't trust the guy that you just met who says you can trust me. Please don't trust that guy, okay? When he buys you a drink, don't take that drink. Just don't trust that guy. That's my fatherly advice, particularly to you and all our other listeners. And then last piece of advice, advice from Mike the Virgin, Lessons from the Greatest Lover Competition. Be honest, be true to yourself, and don't have sex until you're married. So that's my advice to to you and all of our listeners out there. I don't have any comments on that advice, I don't think. Nothing appropriate. I'm already in trouble with the producers for my dick in a box. (laughs) There you go again. (laughs) Okay. Well, I think that's all we've got for today. So join us next week to hear more about Katie's season from The Right Reasons and my dad's. You've been listening to The Mesh an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.